Hi, this is Neil Parks. You are listening to Paranormally Speaking. This week, I will be discussing the science behind Stranger Things and secret experiments that have really taken place under the jurisdiction of our United States government. And the science fact behind Stranger Things, I'll be covering all of that. True stories based on mind-blowing CIA experiments. You get that with Stranger Things. These days, it sometimes feels like the whole world is upside down. But what if I told you that the upside down in Stranger Things was actually real? Well, that's clearly not true. Other elements of the show are apparently based on real-life events. I'm about to blow your curiosity door wide open. Back when Stranger Things first flipped our worlds, with its Netflix debut in 2016, show creators Matt and Ross Duffer explained to Rolling Stone magazine, we wanted the supernatural element to be grounded in science in some way. To achieve this, they threaded a real government project called MK Ultra into the storyline of season one, which formed the basis of Dr. Brenner's experiments on the main protagonist, Eleven, who goes by L. On the show, Eleven's mother is actually one of the MK Ultra test subjects, and while she was pregnant, Brenner used LSD and sensory deprivation to experiment on her, unwittingly giving Eleven psychic powers. In real life, the MK Ultra project was created by the CIA in 1953 with the aim of developing mind control techniques that could give America an advantage against Russia in the Cold War. Yes, really, this happened. I've talked about it for years. Some details were later revealed in declassified CIA documents. What started out as a volunteer-based program soon evolved into something far more sinister. Unwitting participants were subjected to physical and mental abuse via psychedelic drugs sleep deprivation, and other experimental means. One particular experiment, Operation Midnight Climax, even tested the effects of LSD on men who visited brothels set up within the agency safe houses in San Francisco. The San Francisco Chronicle reported this. Stranger things indeed, for sure. The dangerous nature of this research eventually led to the project shutdown in 1965. And although many of the relevant documents were later destroyed, enough information leaked out to later inspire the shady going-ons at Stranger Things Hawkins National Laboratory. As if that wasn't crazy enough, the Duffer brothers also drew inspiration from a government conspiracy called the Montauk Project that's wilder than Steve's hair and Billy's mullet combined. From the show, of course. While there's far less proof to suggest that this particular line of research was even real. The show's creators still took the stories surrounding it to heart. In fact, Stranger Things was even going to be called Montauk at one point. And in hindsight, it's easy to see how the show directly lifts a number of crazier ideas from this project. Like Eleven would do, grab some egos and settle down. Because this is where things get really weird. According to The Conspiracy, a number of questionable experiments were conducted in Montauk, New York, during the 1980s. 
reports from a man named Alfred Bialik, who was apparently involved, suggest that these experiments accidentally opened a hole in hyperspace between Montauk in 1983 and the year 1943, which he alleges threatened to engulf part of the planet. Only by destroying all of the equipment could he and his brother Duncan save the world. Some of his account picks up the story of the speculative sci-fi conspiracy movie, the, sci- the Philadelphia Experiment, which has also been confirmed through the ages to have been a real experiment, and the things that happened there really did happen and were well documented. As bizarre as that sounds, it's easy to see the parallels between the conspiracy theory and the show Stranger Things. While time travel hasn't been fully incorporated into the show, I'll say no more, season four, if you've not seen it yet, I'll not throw out any spoilers. The experiments on Eleven rip a hole in space, which goes on to infect the town of Hawkins, season after season. To stop this, Elle and her newfound friends close the gate to save Hawkins from destruction. That's not all, though. Bialik went on to claim that his brother began to age rapidly, thanks to the accident somehow, only by traveling back in time to convince their parents to have another son could they keep Duncan alive, transferring his soul into his new brother's body. He also claims he can recall memories of life in the 28th century due to these experiments at Montauk. So make of that what you will. Following this procedure, Duncan began to exhibit incredible psychic powers because, well, it's never really explained why. However, Preston B. Nichols, who claims to have repressed memories of the Montauk Project, has since written a book called The Montauk Project Experiments in Time, which discusses this phenomena in more detail. According to him, Duncan used a device known as the Montauk Chair to strengthen his abilities to point where he could even materialize objects out of thin air. While Eleven isn't quite that strong on Stranger Things, she has a number of parallels with Nichols' account of Duncan and the Montauk Chair, including the ability to visit other planes of existence through sensory deprivation and even other open interdimensional portals. And just like Eleven, Nichols' account claims Duncan supposedly brought a monster into our world as well. In reality, referred to as the Beast by Nichols, the alien creature appeared after he and other colleagues decided we'd had enough of the whole experiment. At this point, according to Nichols, Duncan let loose a monster from his subconscious, which could only be defeated once all of the equipment in Camp Hero was destroyed. Sound familiar? This idea was cropped up in Stranger Things more often than the Demigorgon itself. So it's no wonder that the Duffer Brothers originally wanted to name the show after Montauk. While it's been confirmed that the MK Ultra project did exist, plenty of experts have their doubts still when it comes to the Montauk project. Whether these reports are true or not, it's fascinating to see how much they inspired the show Stranger Things. Just don't expect Eleven to time travel or head off into space anytime soon. Hawkins still needs her. And if you've not seen the new season of Stranger Things, I highly recommend you call in sick 
today or the rest of the week and just binge the show. This season is the best season so far. And I absolutely loved season three and was blown away by season one. Season two was hit or miss. I liked it, but I didn't love all of it. But one, three, and four, perfection. The show was great, and that is what I'm covering this week on Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. The science fact of Stranger Things and other strange experiments. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Fantastic. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. That's terrific. Inside the unsolvable mystery of the Montauk monster that washed ashore in Long Island. In the summer of 2008, locals in the New York hamlet of Montauk were shaken by the discovery of a bloated and bloodless creature they couldn't identify. It was dubbed the Montauk monster. Then it mysteriously vanished. In July 2008, a strange creature washed ashore on Long Island, New York, lying dead on the beaches of Ditch Plains. This beast, known as the Montauk Monster, was bloated, well beyond dead, looked like a monster out of a storybook, which inspired the public to dub it the Montauk Monster. News about the monster and theories about its origin quickly spread. People speculated that it could be the mutant result of an experiment performed at the nearby Plume Island Animal Disease Center. Others posted that it was an alien entity that had succumbed to earthly elements. Or perhaps it was merely a bizarre marketing scheme. It didn't take long for the director of the International Cryptozoology Museum, Lauren Coleman, who's largely credited with coming up with the name Montauk Monster, to launch an extensive investigation of the creature. As an expert in animals whose existence is disputed, like the Loch Ness Monster, for example, Coleman appeared to be the perfect fit for the job. If only Montauk locals would speak with him. Coleman noted that, strangely, these people put up a brick wall around themselves. What did they know about the Montauk Monster, and did it frighten them? Something frightened them into silence? The Montauk Monster washed ashore on July 12, 2008. Jenna Hewitt and her friends Rachel Goldberg and Courtney Fruin hit the beach at Ditch Plains. The hot summer Saturday made for ideal conditions to stroll. 
But as the group of East Hampton natives continued, they came across a heart-stopping sight. It looked like a sun-baked dog carcass with strange bindings around the legs, but it didn't seem like the right size to be a dog. And instead of a snout, the creature seemed to have a beak. It was much larger than the largest of dogs they had ever encountered. Ewitt took a photo of the Dan animal, which then spread like wildfire across the internet. The East Hampton Independent was the first media outlet to cover this bizarre find. Their story, published on July 23rd, was a cheeky headline, The Hound of Bonnachville, which is a play on the nearby area of Bonnachers and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Hound of Baskervilles that made some local waves at that time. But things truly gained steam when Gawker published its Dead Monster Washes Ashore in Montauk blog post on July 29th. The 87-word post was full of snark and heavily suggested that the Montauk monster was a marketing stunt. But the bizarre photo made an impact and the story hit the national stage, appearing in outlets like Fox News and the Huffington Post. Conspiracy theorists around the globe perked up and Coleman, who had a finger on the pulse of this weird animal and other weird animal discoveries, was among those who wanted to know more. But uh, the time Coleman arrived in New York to inspect the creature, its carcass was nowhere to be found. It appeared that somebody had purposefully removed it, sending suspicious onlookers into a tailspin. Investigating the Montauk monster yields more questions than answers. Coleman was unable to see the creature with her own eyes. According to one local, the creature had decomposed beyond recognition. Now it's just skull and bones. Before a guy who Ewitt refused to identify took the carcass into the woods near his house. Ewitt has since declined any further interviews. Meanwhile, the three young women who found the monster allegedly seemed to vanish from the media as well. Coleman was left with few clues to work with. Although the locals, who claimed to have seen its decomposed carcass before it vanished, said it was no bigger than a cat, and any conclusions of its origin and identity would now have to be theoretical. As such, some experts have come to view the whole situation as a farce. According to William Wise, director of Stony Brook University's Living Marine Resource Institute, the creature was likely either a coyote or a dog that had been in the sea for a while. He added that the creature was likely not a rodent, sheep, or raccoon. Others insisted that the creature was perhaps a turtle without the shell, which would explain the beak on the end of the face, but Wise disagreed. Turtles don't have teeth, where the Montauk monster certainly did. On the other hand, Rumors have spread that the beast was an escaped mutant from Plume Island's nearby Animal Disease Center. Local cable reporter Nick Layton said he spoke with the three women before they shielded themselves from the media and said their talk on July 31st included coy chatter about the Plume Island narrative and that Goldberg showed him an alternative photo of the creature from an entirely different angle. Nick Layton visited the Plume Island facility two years after the Montauk monster scandal. He reported that security was so tight that it seemed unlikely anything could escape or get in. Uh, 
Leighton added that he had to get government approval in order to bring a TV crew along with him and that the crew wasn't allowed to take anything from the facility, including an open bottle of water. Then Leighton head on what could be the solution to this bizarre mystery. After some solid theories, the mystery continues to endure, though. During his investigation, Leighton heard rumors of a dead animal that was given a Viking funeral, during which it was burned and sent afloat on the sea in flames. It seemed plausible that the honored creature had washed ashore, ditch plains burned and disfigured. This theory gained credibility when an unidentified local reporter told Drew Grant that they had found a dead raccoon on a nearby shelter island in late June 2008. But the creature photographed is significantly larger than the raccoon, about as big as a chocolate lab, and according to other eyewitness accounts saying that it's not much larger than the cat, it's really hard to tell at this point without the physical body how large this thing really was. But according to these reports, the creature was honored with a Viking funeral, not merely explored for crass entertainment, they said. In the interest of full disclosure, this happened shortly after a waterboarding endurance competition and just before a clothespins on your genitals challenge held among friends. Ultimately, it appeared as though the creature was but some kind of dead or mutilated mammal. Indeed, Discovery officially speculated that it was probably a raccoon, a rather abnormally large raccoon. And there have been theories pouring out of that facility on Plume Island of human experiments, genetic crossbreeding between plants and animals or humans and animals, head transplants between humans and apes, and or studies and research and experiments with telekinetic energy, psychic ability, psychic powers, which gives us the show Stranger Things. The show is based on the Montauk monsters and the experiments that allegedly took place through the years at the Plume facility. Even Coleman concurred with this explanation. In his opinion, the Montauk monster does not belong alongside the ranks of Yeti just yet and agrees that it was probably an overgrown mammal of some sort, whether it be a large dog, a large raccoon, or a large cat is anyone's guess. However, the carcass was never examined or tested, and of course, the dead raccoon, quote-unquote, burned on a raft theory remains disputed. Some remain adamant that the creature was something else entirely, considering how large it truly was. Indeed, the isolated uh, tip of Long Island has been home to other alleged paranormal events, such as the Montauk Project, which supposedly launched time travel experiments, as I mentioned, as the Montauk Air Force Base, along with the animal testing facility on Plume Island. When Ellen Killeran wrote about the Montauk monster for the Observer in 2008, an acquaintance told her that Montauk is a place with a lot of secrets. For reporter Drew Grant, there's nothing else to do but accept the fact that the legend of the Montauk monster 
will live on unsolved. It's going to be one of those mysteries that will forever endure. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. And now a word from our sponsor. Available to order now. My first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Top five crazy government experiments. What comes to mind when you hear the words government experiment? If Google image search can truly gauge this sort of thing, then your head's likely swimming with comic book super soldiers, conspiracy theories, mutilated animals or mutated animals, and oddly enough, country music singer Kenny Rogers' face. Outside the world of comics and horror flicks, funding is pretty tight, especially for mad scientists. You'd be surprised how hard it is to snag a government grant when your proposal includes snippets like a deep, penetrating dive into a plasma pool and bow down before me as such. Most government-funded research tends to stay away from atomic supermen. Countless constructive, life-changing breakthroughs trace back to government-funded labs from various vaccines to microwave ovens. The comfy insoles in your shoes, for instance, are just one everyday wonder brought to you by NASA. Still, the occasional oddball premise slips past the people who control government grant applications, regardless of the possible benefits to humanity. These are the government experiments that garner the most attention. After all, the prospect of genetically modified flying piranhas is troubling enough, but tack on tax funded, and you have a real public outcry on your hands. Uh, what I'm about to read to you will leave behind the uh, drive-in theaters and horror aisles of the video stores and breeze through five of the craziest real-life government experiments that I could possibly gather up for you. Number five. I'm going to start five to one. Gathering and getting ahead in the Cold War. The 1950s and 60s were a golden age for scientific optimism. Humans were venturing into outer space, watching television, and finally glimpsing the cascading grace of DNA's double helix, all of which helped to soften the blow of looming nuclear annihilation. Still, provided humanity didn't destroy itself, the future looked bright in the wake of the first successful long-term human organ transplant, that being a kidney, in 1954. Could human head transplants really be that far off? While sometimes more morbid than scientific, our fascination with life-altering decapitation stretches back pretty far past the guillotine gawkers of the French Revolution and back to the era of cruelly sharpened stones. Even today, it remains one of, the, of medicine's final frontiers, offering possible alternatives to quadriplegics with organ failure. 
as was often the case during the mid-20th century, dogs and monkeys wound up making some huge sacrifices for human science. U.S. Surgeon General Charles Guthrie transplanted one dog's head onto the neck of another in 1908 with government funding. The Soviet surgeon Vladimir Dimikov attempted a canine upper body transplant in 1951. Not to be outdone, the United States funded the work of neurosurgeon Robert J. White in the mid-1960s. White experimented with transplantation of dog and monkey brains into the necks and abdomens of other animals. His work culminated with the 1970 experiment that saw the head of one living monkey transplanted onto the headless body of another. Number four, the sad case of acoustic kitty. The subject of animal experimentation for the advancement of medical science or space exploration can prove a tricky topic. As you might imagine, say that you will, what about swapping monkey heads? But those experiments taught us much of what we know about the possibilities and limits of full body transplants. Still, this argument doesn't win over everybody. Even fewer people buy into the necessity for the United States Central Intelligence Agency's CIA deployment of Acoustic Kitty. It was the 1960s in the midst of the Cold War, and espionage was the stage for many of the machinists between the U.S. and the Soviet superpowers. Given the political climate, you might be tempted to forgive the CIA for blowing five years and more than 10 million attempting to train a cat. But the addition of surgically implanted listening equipment, a battery and tail base antenna, tend to tip things in favor of the critics. Following further surgical attempts to bug the cat and curb its hunger, it darted under a taxi cab during a field test and died. Was the animal's death an accident or an act of sacrifice to end the monstrous program? Today, house cats continue to ignore their human owners, presumably free from surgical implanted spy equipment. The American public didn't learn about Acoustic Kitty until the related documents were declassified in 2001. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Now that's an interesting fact. Apparently... In the 1970s and 1980s, the U.S. Army attempted to find out by conducting research into psychic tests and phenomena, including out-of-body experiences and astral projection, reported Vice magazine. Officers who work as part of Project Center Lane were hypnotized, then attempted to research the astral plane. Using their minds, they supposedly used this heightened state to time travel, heal their physical wounds, or engage in remote viewing in which they could travel to other places and planets and report back on what they saw. All of these encounters and all of these tests and experiments exist deep within the CIA files that are available for public viewing. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. The Secrets of Astral Travel Astral travel is one of the great secret methods of spiritual growth in the world. All of the meetings of the holy orders take place on the astral plane. The gods 
always used the astral planes almost exclusively in their travels. Dragons, the immortals, high elementals, and hosts of other very evolved entities use the astral body and the astral planes as their exclusive domain. Humans, however, are confined to using the astral body almost exclusively within dreams and unconscious states. Ancient cultures believed and taught that all existing humans are composed of several layers. The names given to these bodies differ from one culture to another, basing on religion and or social value. An out-of-body experience and near-death experience involves people leaving their bodies and hovering around like a spirit, and a person can watch his or her body while in their bed, sometimes traveling far beyond it. Out-of-body experiences are most likely to occur when you are asleep, meditating, or practicing wake-induced lucid dream exercises. Astral projection goes beyond these mystery, mysterious and unexplainable abilities in a person. The mystifying aspect when astral projection is the unlimited exploration of distance, time, and mass. Astral projection is an intentional out-of-body experience. The year 2020 was all about the COVID-19 pandemic and subsequent lockdowns and quarantines. It's no wonder then that stir-crazy people around the world were looking for a way, any way at all, to escape the tedium of solitary indoor existence. Perhaps that's why an old declassified document from the CIA mentioning astral projection created a buzz on Twitter during the summer of 2020. Astral projection, after all, is like taking a vacation without even leaving your home. All you have to do is, well, leave your body. Unlike the sort of out-of-body experience some people report when near-death astral projection is an intentional out-of-body experience. An out-of-body experience is a transient experience some people have while conscious, that their self seems to become separated from their own bodies floats above the body and looks back down at that body from an elevated location. Uh, Jane Espel, a cognitive researcher at Anglia Ruskin University in England, says via email, astral projection is an intentional out-of-body experience that usually involves the experience that the self can seem to travel far from their body, even to other countries, times or planets that is all for this week i hope i covered enough when it comes to the science fact behind stranger things and bizarre unexplained government projects black ops operations underground information stuff that you will not hear on cnn fox news csnbc or even the bbc this is all black vault level information it's been made public but at the same time you really have to dig for it and that's what i do for you weekly i dig for it and present this information to you make it a little bit easier for my audience to be in tune with what's going on around us have a great rest of the week thank you so much for spending time with me this week on paranormally speaking i'll see you next time
Yeah.